1059 The Region, in partnership with REMAX Prime Properties, present On the Market, real estate advice that works for you. Have a real estate question? Call us at 416-335-1059. Tweet us at 1059 The Region or email us at info at 1059theregion.com. You're listening to 105.9 The Region, and welcome to On The Market. This is York Region's exclusive radio real estate show. I'm station manager Tina Cortez, and my co-host and real estate expert is Asif Khan with REMAX Prime Properties. Good morning, Asif. It goes without saying that COVID-19 has changed every aspect of how we live our lives. How is real estate preparing to hit the ground running when the economy is actually back up and running? That's a great question, Tina. And so what's happening right now is we are, I mean, a lot of our systems were already virtual and remote. So we were set out to handle those without any consequences. But what we're trying to do right now is the physical aspects of our business. We're recreating those and making it safe and easy for our clients, agents, and our staff to be a part of. And, you know, one thing that we've done at Remax Prime Properties is, We've created a playbook for reentry into the market again, and that includes realtor well-being, client safety and well-being, how we're going to have our operations run at our office. There's going to be a lot of changes, and this is what we're setting out right now, all the steps in place, and we want it to be ready by next week or the week after so that when things start to reopen and people are back out and about, we want to be ready for that. What a great idea about the playbook. Where did that come from? I was uh, I was part of a, a retail association and they had created one for retail operations and you know going through that there was a lot of similarities with our business as well because we also have that face to face contact so I made one specific for a real estate office and it's been it's been taken really well by our agents and you know our staff the main thing is to protect our staff through all of this and also our agents because they're out there face to face our clients are the most important thing in our business. And if we can show them that they can come out and they don't, they have peace of mind that they're going to be safe throughout the showing. So we're putting together kits for the clients that will be in sealed plastic bags. So there'll be masks, booties, there'll be uh, hand sanitizer and gloves so that they can walk into homes and feel safe. That's great. Now, before COVID-19, there was that sentiment that millennials had no interest in, in owning real estate. Do you think with, that with more people spending time in their homes, do you think the demand for owning a home will be greater than ever before? The thing that people have found out during the COVID-19 period is that they can work remotely. And before it was, well, I only spend this much time at my house. I'm always at work, so I don't really need a big place or I don't need to own a place. I can just rent. Now you're starting to see, you know what? If I'm going to be working from home, I want it to be comfortable. I want it to be my place. I want it to decorate this way or that way. And you can do that in ownership. You can't really make changes to homes or condos if you're just renting. And we're starting to hear more of that. And people are saving a lot of money right now as well. They're not spending money on gas. They're not spending money on lunches or dinners or going out to bars. So they are saving money while they're working remotely. And that's helping some people because some people had said, hey, I won't be able to buy until next fall. And now we're getting phone calls saying, you know what, we might be able to have our down payment ready by this summer, which is a great sign because people are already thinking that they're going to 
push themselves up into the summer market instead of waiting until the fall or winter when they would normally have their down payment saved up. So, you know, great signs out there, lots of positivity, and the vibe is that things are just going to be very robust when things open up again. So great to hear that optimism. Thanks. You know, it's uh, it's great to hear it in the field as well. And just think of all the people that haven't been to a restaurant in two months. The restaurants are going to be really busy when things open up because people have been missing that element. The bars are going to be busy. The shopping malls are going to be busy. People need new clothes now and, and more stretchy pants. And so, <laughs> um, you know, we're, uh, we're looking forward to uh, as more and more things open up. Look at the lineups at Home Depot last weekend, and they're probably expecting the same at more stores open up this weekend. People are hungry to go out and buy things and shop and make things better at home or, you know, they need makeup, they need haircuts, things are going to be busy. So, Asif, do you think people will have disposable income when we are actually through this? Tina, that's an excellent question. We had this conversation offline. I'm going to bring in Colin Mason, principal of the mortgage domain. Colin, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. Colin, we had our offline discussion about smart ways that people can use the government systems that are being offered right now and also decisions that they're making with their money right now that so that when they come out of this, they're in a position to succeed. And one of those was your idea about the mortgage deferrals. Tell our listeners a little bit about how they can use the mortgage deferral program to their benefit. Okay, yeah, sure. So, uh, you know, one of the things when this type of scenario comes up is people are always wondering whether or not they should take advantage of these programs that the government is putting out. Uh, there's a lot of clients that we're talking to on a regular basis that are, you know, they say, well, I can make the mortgage payment. I, you know, it's a little bit, it's going to be a little bit tough, but I think we can manage without taking advantage of, of, of these programs. And that's, that's great. You know, I wouldn't want to suggest to anybody that they, they don't, uh, or that they take advantage of a product or a program like this if they don't need it, if it's not going to help them or just because it's there. Uh, but there are a lot of things that when we have this discussion with our clients that we get into a little bit more detail and say, well, you know, how is your business going to, how is this situation going to impact your business moving forward? So, for example, we had a client that uh, said, right now business is fine, but the income that he generates during this month, he, it, the impacts of uh, all of that's happened with, uh, you know, the lockdown and everything else is now bumped the potential for his loss of income might be in July, August. So he had asked me whether or not he should have a, take a, a mortgage payment deferral, even though right now it doesn't seem like he needs to take advantage of it. So I've jotted down, based on our conversation the other day, I've jotted down a couple of things that people should maybe give some consideration to when they're wanting to make the decision to take uh, the payment deferral. So one, uh, if you're uh, if you're self-employed, for example, and you're incorporated, this is going to be an interesting year for for anybody in that situation because do you the question is do you want to draw how much money do you want to draw out of your of your corporation uh, this year uh, deferring your mortgage payment if you you know I just use an example if you had a, a payment that was roughly uh, amounted to three thousand dollars a month over the course of six six months that's going to represent a significant dollar amount of income that you're drawing out of your corporation. So there's one uh, savings right there that you'd be able to avoid pulling that money out of your corporation. Therefore, you're not paying, you don't have to pay the income tax on that $18,000. 
and that could be deferred for another year. So that's one strategy for those that are self-employed. Another option is for someone that may have a lot of uh, uh, additional debt at high interest rates with credit cards that might be in the, you know, 13, 14% or, or higher. This is an opportunity to defer those mortgage payments at a lower interest rate because it's at your mortgage interest rate. And you can now take those payments and, and use them to pay off some of the uh, other credit facilities that you have that are at a higher interest rate. Obviously, it, it, the, the long-term benefit is that you may, if you're able to wipe that debt out, it's going to increase your monthly cash flow as well. So that's, that's a strategy that uh, I think a lot of people, it's a little bit more common uh, as the bills continue to come in. If you can defer one of your largest payments at no penalty to yourself, uh, the, the interest cost that you're paying is only the interest for the mortgage. Uh, you can always pay this back. That's another thing that I tell clients. You know, if you take the six-month deferral and then on the seventh month, it looks like you don't have to worry about it, you can always apply that money back to your mortgage. On a more creative note, uh, there is an opportunity. I talked to a financial planner the other day. It may be beneficial to catch up on a RSP contribution that you weren't able to make in the past uh, that would be something, though, I would definitely want to suggest that any client would go and talk to uh, a financial planner or their accountant just to make sure that that makes proper sense. Anyhow, um, if, yeah. if, if people wanted to pay off a credit card, which they're paying 17 18 19% on, they can actually maybe be paying 3% on that same amount of money on their house mortgage uh, rather than having to... Uh, you know, carry that 17, 18, 19% interest throughout these next four, five, six months. Exactly. And and those those come with pretty hefty payments sometimes, and those could be the things that people typically miss. Most people want to pay their mortgage first, uh, and the credit cards, you know, they, they tend to fall uh, to the back of the priority list for obvious reasons, but this is a way to maintain their credit rating by keeping up with those payments because, by deferring your mortgage payment, it will not affect your credit rating. They're not going to report it on a credit bureau, and it's, this, is a, uh, this is a program that's been uh, designed to help people, and they're not going to be penalized like that. So uh, that's great. Uh, one thing I wanted to yeah. add in there, uh, Asif, is that it's important for people to know that the payment deferral, uh, and I would encourage them to contact us uh, you know, if they'd like to get a little bit more information about how the deferral payment works, but they are paying additional interest because the principal portion is going to be uh, put back onto the mortgage. So they are increasing the mortgage balance, which is increasing their effective interest rate. So if they are, if their interest rate is 3%, it will work out to a slight, slightly higher interest rate because of the deferred payment or the, by deferring those payments back to the principal. And we'll explain. It's a little bit complicated right now, but I'll explain how that works. But it's still going to be a lot more advantageous for them to do that to carry a 17% interest rate on the credit card. That's great information. Colin, if people want to get a hold of you guys to get more information or if they need to apply for any of these uh, programs, how do they get a hold of you? Uh, well, they can uh, obviously go online, uh, themortgagedomain.com, or uh, I can just give my phone number uh, right now. That'd be great. Uh, it's uh, 416-410-0900. When we come back, the CEO of the Ontario Real Estate Association 
with advice for buyers and sellers. Stay with us. You're listening to 105.9 The Region. We'll be right back. Need to connect with Asif Khan from REMAX Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca. Now, back to On the Market on 105.9 The Region. You're listening to 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to On the Market, York Region's only radio real estate show. I'm station manager Tina Cortez, and my co-host is Asif Khan with REMAX Prime Properties. Asif? Thank you, Tina. Joining us next is the CEO of the Interior Real Estate Association and a good friend of On the Market, Tim Hudak. Tim, welcome back. Asif, Tina, thanks for having me back on. Great to be back on On the Market. And um, look, you guys have been a, a great place to chat about real estate issues happening, and boy, I think when uh, I was last on your show, uh, pre-COVID, nobody saw this coming, but mm. hopefully now we're seeing some light in the tunnel ahead. We are, and you know, the Ontario Real Estate Association has to be commended for all the work that they did during COVID, not only to protect the real estate landscape, but also buyers and sellers, because there was a lot of places that real estate was deemed non-essential. And I know that you were burning the midnight oil there, trying to prove to the government that real estate is essential and we need to keep the land registry open. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, thanks, Austin. I really appreciate you saying that. So, so look, the um, province of Ontario, when it started to uh, shut down uh, the economy and uh, restrict uh, movement and businesses in order to stop the spread of the COVID-19 uh, virus, had to decide what were essential services and what were not. And you're absolutely right, Austin, that a number of states and provinces, real estate was not on that essential services list. We went to work and we made the following case. We said, we're not looking for business as usual. Certainly not. We're going to do our share to keep the public safe. But there will be transactions that are absolutely urgent in the lives of everyday uh, Ontarians. There may have been somebody who sold their home and they were in the market when COVID hit to buy a home. We don't want them to be homeless during a pandemic. There may be somebody who bought a home and has to be able to sell their own to fit the financing. There's urgent transactions that could be around a death or a divorce or a new job of loss of one. So we went to Premier Ford and the government said, look, we'll focus on those essential uh, transactions. We'll ask our members to postpone anything that can be postponed after COVID to do so. Trust us as professionals to look out for the public good. And Premier Ford made the decision to make us an essential service and said, okay, you know what? We'll trust you. Go to work. So, Tim, there was a headline earlier this week. It was Canadian real estate remains resilient. Do you think that's really the case? And how how do we survive it? How does it remain resilient? Well, just a good question, Tim. Just to finish on my last story, and I'll, I'll build into this one. So, you know, as an association, we, we did call for our members to stop open houses by way of example because a lot of people in a house at the same time, sometimes in cramped areas, sharing paper, all that stuff was a risk. And I know um, Asif and his brokerage with, with Remax, others, you know, went the same way. So we did shut down open houses, and the province have listened to us and, and made that against the rules, no open houses uh, during the crisis. We said, look, move to virtual, virtual showings, virtual interactions, sign documents virtually now, uh, and that kind of business that's essential. So I think, number one, uh, we did that, which helped to maintain confidence in realtors as trusted professionals who look out for their communities uh, and understand their business. Uh, and now the help of government uh, as well, has, you know, we're going to work with them to see how we can kickstart our economy, how do we get Ontario uh, out of the ditch. 
And I think, can answer your question, there's going to be a lot of pent-up demand, I think, for a number of reasons. Number one, the real estate market has been basically not shut down, but but really ground to a halt uh, during the COVID crisis. So those that were looking to be in the market may now start coming back to it. Uh, and then secondly, we've all had the maximum stress test of our properties. Like every couple out there has had, you know, a dozen conversations with their spouse about what they love or hate about their house. Do they need more space? Do they want to renovate? Do they want to have an office if they have to work for home? Do they want to have a cottage property to get out of the city? I think those conversations in households will also come for interest in the real estate sector in the time ahead. I think it's starting now. And we're looking at our online activity spike over the last couple of weeks, and more so last weekend. Uh, it jumped about 125% last weekend. Because you're right, Tim, people are having these conversations. They're thinking, you know, if I lived by the water, you know, I, I would not mind a quarantine. And they're getting ready for, they're getting ready for that move uh, as things start to come out. But there's hesitation. There's hesitation amongst buyers to say, you know, do I really want to go into other people's houses right now? And how do I feel safe? There's hesitation with sellers saying, do I really want to open up my house right now? And what we're trying to do is make them comfortable. What can you say to buyers and sellers about transacting in the new environment? Well, I've been very impressed by how our real estate brokers and realtors have been uh, putting the health and safety of their clients, uh, of buyers and sellers and the public, first and foremost, in their mind. Step one was postponing business till post-COVID restrictions that didn't have to be done. That, that showed a lot of, uh, I think, trust in realtors to look out for the public good. And now today, real estate firms, if there does need to be a transaction, uh, I'm sure that um, not doing open houses is still on the ban list. I don't think people want to bring that back quite yet. They're making sure that when they do showings of property, just start out virtual. I think that means that the number of homes that a couple, for example, might tour has been reduced from 10 to maybe two or three because they do the virtual tour. And then when the showing does happen, if they go ahead with that, I've been very impressed by how our a realtors are making sure that there's personal protective equipment that is available, that they make sure processes are in place. For example, that the lights are left on, any doors, there's places cleaned up before or after somebody else visits. There's no touching of surfaces. Very impressive to see the high standards are there to protect both buyers and sellers in the marketplace. So following up on those buyers and sellers, what matters most to them is the price. Do you think the real estate prices will drop this summer? You know what? It's probably better for uh, a realtor on the street, depending on, on the marketplace. We, we did see that as transactions dropped, you know, not surprisingly so, during the uh, rise of, uh, of COVID. So we saw transactions drop anywhere from 70 to 90%, depending on your market. Um, but prices held, held pretty firm. You, you didn't see really a drop in prices. Some were up a little bit, some down a little bit, but they're, they're pretty firm. Now, you got to be careful because that's a relatively low sample size. You shouldn't reach conclusions based on, you know, one month of data and a small number of transactions. I do, though, tend to think that there is a lot of um, pent-up interest uh, in getting into the housing market. All the things that drove before millennials wanting to move out of home, low mortgage rates, all of that, you know, I think are still there. And they can be moved into a, a position of greater confidence depending on government's actions. If the government makes the right steps as they unwind that people will still be safe, that they'll have proper provisions in place to protect people, and they get the economy moving again, I think that will spur those who are considering buying or selling to get back in the marketplace. And what I hear talking to uh, agents and brokers across the province, they're starting to see a lot more of that activity now.
And we're starting to hear more about people wanting to invest in real estate because of the stability of the market and the traditional stability of the market and the volatility of other investments. Are you hearing any of that from you know the, your level where you're at uh, as people talking about stock markets and other investments, comparing them to real estate and the comfort level? Yeah, so that's a great point. I mean, I look at my own savings, right, primarily uh, in stocks and what, what a beating that took so fast uh, when the COVID hit and the economy started dramatically slowing down, whereas my, my home, my real estate investment uh, has, has stayed solid. So, yes, I am hearing a lot more about people looking to invest in real estate as a, as a predictable, stable, long-term investment. It's tangible. It's something you can touch. You can also live in it or rent it out to a tenant. So I think that will be a factor for sure. And when I'm talking to others that do vacation properties and secondary residences, I'm hearing a bit more interest in that as well as people have been in their homes. Maybe they're in the city. They're thinking, as you said earlier, if they've got to stay out of future quarantine, it might be nice to do so at a cottage property as opposed to a condo. Tim, I want to thank you again for coming on the show and and just giving us that voice of reason and and a calm look at what's to come in the future. So thank you very much for joining us. If people want more information from what Ori is doing or to connect with you, how can they do that? Yeah, so one thing I would love to say is is check out ariacovid19info.com. Again, ariacovid19info.com. That's a one-stop place for information around real estate and the impact of COVID. So there's best practices there. We've launched a We Have Your Back COVID relief program to help support realtors and brokers. So there's information there for realtors and how to do that. For example, counseling around finances, around mental health. Experts are talking about where the market is going, consumer behavior. We're in the field right now, Asif, on studying what consumers, so it's not just me guessing. We're going to study what consumers want to say. We'll be talking about that. You can get all of that at the We Have Your Back campaign ariacovid19info.com. That's awesome. Thank you again, and we look forward to having you on post-COVID. My pleasure, and hopefully sooner rather than later. <laughs> That's right. Thank you. Thanks for your time. I really appreciate it. Thank you for the work you're doing. When we come back, this week's hot listing, and just a reminder, if you missed any part of our show, go to 1059theregion.com. You're listening to 1059 The Region. Stay with us. Need to connect with Asif Khan from Remax Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca. Now, back to On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to On the Market, York Region's exclusive radio real estate show on 105.9 The Region. Time now for our listener questions. And the first one comes from Barb in Thornhill. She had planned to list her home late this summer. While she's not even sure she will proceed, but if she does, how will the price of her home be determined? Will it be affected by COVID-19? Asif? Barb, this is a great question, and this is something that we've been fielding over the last week because a lot of people are concerned about what's going to happen with price. They're hearing a lot of stories, most of them from south of the border, that prices are going to fall. However, In the greater Toronto area, we have not seen that. We've actually seen the price climb in some areas, you know, one or two percent over the COVID-19 period. And the important thing to remember is it's a supply and demand equation. And right now we don't have a lot of supply. We still have the demand that has been active throughout this period and will become even more active when we start coming out of it. So the price will not be affected. You may actually 
see that because the summer market this year will actually be like a spring market because everything has been on hold, you're going to start to see multiple offers creep into the summer and drive prices up even more. So it's still okay for you to think about listing in the summer because really that's going to be similar to a spring market where things are going to start flying off the shelf as soon as we get into it. Our next question comes from John in Markham. He wants to know, how has the pandemic affected the commercial real estate market? John, another great question. Great questions this week, Tina. The uh, commercial market will see the biggest hit out of all of this in the real estate landscape. And that's because a lot of businesses, especially offices, are realizing that they don't need the space that they had. A lot of people can work from home and cut down on their costs. You're also seeing a lot of businesses that are suffering, small businesses that only had one or two months of fund available for them to survive. And and what you're going to see is a lot of these, unfortunately, are not going to survive through this pandemic. So commercial will take the hardest hit throughout all of this. How hard? It depends on how much support the government is going to provide and how the landlords are working with them. Because you've got to remember, a lot of landlords that have purchased these plazas and buildings or built them, they're also struggling because they rely on the monthly rent in order to pay their bills. So the commercial landscape is something that we're watching very carefully and arguably the hardest hit sector in real estate. And obviously we'll continue to watch that sector as well. Asif, we have just enough time for the on the market hot listing. What do you have for us this week? Well, Tina, you know, when they say York region is unaffordable, there's a lot of pockets in York region that you can get a fabulous deal. This is a four-bedroom townhouse, so three bedrooms upstairs, one in the basement, the finished basement. This is a townhome in Keswick, and it's on for 524900 so under five and a quarter. I'm not sure what you can buy in York region outside of condominium for under you know, $600,000 right now. This one has four bathrooms. Uh, the garage is connected and has access to the garage. A lot of these homes would have detached garages or carports. This one has a, a garage that's attached, has a large deck, and it's absolutely a great deal in Keswick. So tell us, uh, where exactly is Keswick? And I've got to tell you, those four bathrooms and that large deck, they sold me. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, Keswick is just north. If you're going up the 404, The 404 actually now connects you right into Keswick. So it's Georgina, and, uh, you know, you're close to the water. You've got all the amenities. Keswick has really grown over the last 10 years. You've got all the plazas, big box outlets. Everything is there right now, and you're minutes to the 404. So if you're commuting back and forth from the city, great place to be. And this is a a great home. It's It's a larger townhouse, you know, three plus one bedrooms. You could have a nanny suite in the basement or in law suite in the basement as well as three bedrooms upstairs, and it's all been renovated. So there's an energy audit that was completed in 2018. Roof and skylights were done in 2019. The furnace is newer. It's a very bright, open-concept layout. It's a great place for you to visit, and it's hitting the market today, Saturday. So, you know, give us a call. Give Thomas Woodward a call, 905-554-5522, and Thomas will be able to send you some virtual information and If you want to see it, he will get you through. And Asif, if our listeners want to connect with you directly, how can they do that? 
They can get me at 416-985-CON. That's 416-985-5426. That's our show for this week. Remember, if you need to connect with us, if Con, if you missed any part of On the Market, go to our website, 1059theregion.com. Thanks for listening. Need to connect with Asif Khan from Remax Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca.